Hello and welcome to the Live and Love Like Jesus podcast. My name is Andy Tier, and each week here on the podcast, we explore what it truly means to live and love like Jesus. We do this as we follow his example of being with God, being with others, and being sent. Now, one way that we can live and love like Jesus right here in our city is through supporting families and children that are part of foster care. According to 4Evansville.org, right here in the Evansville area, there are nearly a thousand foster children in only 150 foster families. Now, there's not only a shortage of foster families, though, but the necessary support network needed to assist those families like CASA workers, respite care families, and even background checked babysitters is also in very short supply. So on this episode of the podcast, I invited two foster moms from within the Crossroads Church family to discuss their personal fostering experiences. You're going to love hearing from Amaris and Allison as they describe their fostering journeys and explain how important community support is to providing excellent care for their children. And we're also going to hear from John Heflick. John is our local missions lead as he provides ideas or avenues for involvement with the foster care system and fostering families in our own church and in our city. So right now, let's listen in to my conversation with Amaris Stewart. Allison Bond, and John Heflick. All right, guys, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. No problem. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So we've, we've met John on the podcast, actually la- our last episode. So Amaris and Allison, why don't you two introduce yourself? If you would, do it in that order as well. Hi, my name is Amaris, and I am a foster mom. I have two kids, and I've lived in Evansville for like seven years, maybe. My name's Allison, and I am the Early Childhood Coordinator at Crossroads. I'm over the nursery and preschool ministries, and I recently became a foster mom in June, and I've had two placements, and I've been here at church on staff for seven years. And if you hear different sounds in the background as we're recording this podcast, just know Amaris and Allison both have their babies with them today (laughs) as we're recording. So this is really fun. I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedules to come and do this. So I thought where we'd start today is let's talk about first, like what inspired you guys to be foster parents? Amaris? Yeah. So uh, growing up, my mom just took care of a bunch of kids. So we all had friends and our house was pretty open. Anybody could come in and out whenever they wanted to. And we had lots of kids from hard places that we were friends with that would live at our house randomly. Um, So I just grew up knowing kids who came from hard places and didn't necessarily deserve to be in that situation. And so I always knew I wanted to do something. And I thought that foster care was probably the best avenue. And after moving to Evansville, my brother and sister-in-law who live in Owensboro decided to do foster care. And for a year, we got to watch them foster five children, which is like the hardest thing I've ever seen anyone do. <laughs> but afterwards, I feel like we we just loved those children so much that we were like, we can't not be part of this. That's awesome. And Allison, how about you? Um, I would say for me, I've always wanted to be a mom. I've always worked with kids and loved kids and always thought about maybe adoption or foster care. Just didn't know when, when I would do that. But just walking through Amaris and Greg um, getting Mason and how they, the process from start to finish and in between and all that kind of seeing them do it kind of inspired me to, to do it. So So Allison, what's been the most rewarding part of being a foster parent? 
I would say the most rewarding is just getting to be with the kids. Like it's hard, but it's fun. I, I love kids. I want to be around kids all the time. And, you know, it's just fun to take care of them, take them places. Um, and like everybody loves babies. So everywhere you go, everyone's like, oh, they're so cute and all that. So it's just fun just to be with them and take care of them and just love and spoil on them. I probably hold them probably too much, but that's way okay. too much. Yeah. But they're little babies and they need that. And they've kind of been born into chaos and not a lot of structure and routine. And I kind of want to give that to them. So sure. So what you know, you said that it could be hard. What's been mm-hmm. the hardest part? I think the hardest thing for foster care is when they have to leave you. <laughs> That's no fun. Um, I do want to do foster to adopt. Um, just God hasn't placed that rush child with me yet. Um, but it is hard when they have to go because you are going to get attached. There's no way you're not going to. And I feel like you need to get attached so you can love them 100%. Um, so it is hard. But thankfully, with my first placement that I had to go to um, another home, like I'm still uh, in contact with her, which is really nice for my first for my first placement. Um, and I know they're all not going to be that way. But um, I just have to realize I'm not in control. God's in control. And um, he knows what's best for the kids. And I just have to lean into that and be okay with that. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, Amaris, you said that you saw your own family doing this. So, yeah. so what part of it has been not, not just most attractive, but what's, what's been the most rewarding part to you as well? So the most report rewarding part for me is for sure, like seeing kids grow. So this is the first baby that we've taken in. Most of the kids that we've taken in have been school age children. Um, so they come in with a lot of baggage. Just got thrown up on. <laughs> they come in with a lot of baggage. They have um, they have difficult stories, and they they don't necessarily want to be in your home. And so the first few months, the first few years are chaos, and it's really hard, um, especially when they are just experiencing heartbreak over and over again. Um, so, like one of my favorite mom moments. One of the most rewarding things that's happened is when my son, who the year before was like punching people in school (laughs) and acting crazy and didn't learn anything, was getting straight A's and said that it was because of um, just the hard work that I had done with him in making him work or in those little moments when my son makes the right choice, Mm -hmm. when he like chooses to be kind even though he's frustrated or he gets mad and he doesn't go crazy he like handles himself and those are like the most rewarding moments for me that were a long time coming <laughs> that's awesome and now you said your son you've adopted one of the kids that was placed in your we are adopting him you are currently in the Sometimes process adoption of adopting. takes forever <laughs> but he will be adopted he should be adopted by like january hopefully that's yeah. awesome yeah it's going to be really awesome he's been with us for about two and a half years and it's been great We've had a bunch of kids come and go, but he was our first foster kid and we're adopting him, which is just kind of fun and never happens. And and what's been probably the hardest or the most challenging part? The most challenging part, like Allison said, when they go, Mm -hmm. that is for sure one of the most challenging parts. But I would say um, for me, one of the most challenging parts is when they first come. (laughs) So with babies, it's different. They just love you from the get go and it's all good. But um when child, when children first come into your care, they're coming into a situation that they don't understand, that they've never, that they don't have any experience with. They're coming into parents who are different than anybody else they've ever encountered, have different rules, have different ways of doing things, and um, they're just trying to navigate that. So usually that's chaos, and it's 
really, really tough. Allison, from from a conversation that we've had before, you said that like you can kind of set um, parameters on the child, mm -hmm. the children mm -hmm. that are placed in yes. your care, mm -hmm. uh, like age and different mm -hmm. things like that. So, so what what parameters do you have set for placements in your home, Allison? Um, I'm doing young kids, like zero to two. Mm -hmm. um, mostly I've just gotten babies so far um, just because I love babies and just kind of that's where I kind of wanted to start out with um, maybe you know someday I'll kind of move up to different ages and stuff but uh, yeah for right now that's where I'm at sure and, and Amherst do you, have you done the same yes so actually our baby that we have right now is out of our parameters <laughs> because we kind of got her in a weird way but um, our parameters have always been um, school-aged children so I think my husband and I have talked about, you know, that we wouldn't take a kid right now over the age of 10 or 12. And that's just because we feel like we're pretty young still and we need a little bit more experience as parents to take in older children. So hopefully when we get older, we might consider doing that. Um, but we actually couldn't take in babies for a long time because we both had jobs and I can't afford child care. <laughs> sure. um, but now that I don't have a formal job, I, I can take in. And that was just a huge blessing. We were able to get her kind of in a roundabout way through Care Portal. That's so awesome. Now, now you guys are, are close friends, right? Oh, so yeah. uh, it seems as though foster care is contagious. Mm -hmm. Do you have other friends now that uh, that you've talked to about this? Yes. Yeah, our friend Cherie, she um, kind of has been there like with Amaris through the start of um, her and Greg doing fostering and stuff. But um, when I got my first placement, she like immediately like found love. She was like, oh my goodness. And she watched her and stuff, Amorous and her both. And so she definitely got the bug. So her and her oh, yeah. husband are kind of in the process of starting to get information and wanting to kind of do that. Um, I think they're going to start doing just like respite care for uh, foster families and parents that kind of need just a break or something. So they're going to start doing that. Well, that's intriguing. So what, yeah. what, how does that work? So as a respite uh, person, if you will, um, you become a foster parent the same mm -hmm. way. You, so you take mm -hmm. all the classes and you do all the training. Um, and respite just means that you'll, you'll take a kid for a shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. So let's say that Allison has baby boy and she needs to go to Texas for some, I don't know why she's going to Texas, <laughs> but she needs to go to Texas for a few minutes yeah. and, she, and she's not allowed to take the baby with her. Sometimes that happens. Um, she could sign up for respite care and another foster family would take that child for the week or however long she's gone. Um, respite care is also sometimes just like in between placements. If they're looking for a place for a child to go, um, there's not enough foster families. So sometimes it's really hard to find a place for a kid to go. So there's families that will stand in that gap that aren't really willing to take kids permanently, but we'll take them in the meantime and love on them until they find some place for them to go more long-term. That's awesome. So, so right now, as we're talking about ways that other people can become mm -hmm. involved in this foster care process, John, um, this is fascinating. What are some other ways that people that maybe they're not set up to be a foster parent, what are other ways that people with, within our church community, within our church family can come alongside foster families and participate and help in this? Well, uh, one has already been mentioned, and that is Care Portal. Care Portal is an online connection that allows DCS social workers who know our families to identify needs within either potential families who are uh, kids may be transitioning, uh, and we could do something about that to save from the trauma that they were talking about mm -hmm. of being moved 
uh, as a child. Uh, Care Portal also has connections with families who are being reunited. And so it's stuff that we can do to help reunite a biological family or help with a placement. A lot of kinship placements uh, need assistance. Grandparents who don't have like car seats and things like that need them. So Care Portal is a way for social workers to put that need up online and for those in churches to come alongside them and provide those needs. Uh, It's something that we've been involved with uh, me personally, and it's been a very rewarding process. Uh, The other thing that we're just starting at Crossroads is care communities and care communities uh, is uh, for us, a small group that kind of adopts Allison's family or Amherst's family or another foster family. And they do some of that respite care uh, for the kids. They do some uh, meals for the families, maybe help clean the house if, the, if things have been hard lately. Uh, just whatever it takes to help that family be supported and to last for the long term in fostering. You mentioned Care Portal and Care Communities. How do people connect with Care Portal? Yeah, so uh, it is uh, on our website. If you go to the local outreach section of our website, uh, cccgo.com. Uh, I think it's backslash local outreach. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet for, for uh, Care Portal. It requires a background check um, and some training, but uh, it's a pretty quick process to, to jump into that. And Care Communities, we're just kicking off. And so if you're a small group out there listening uh, and would like more information about that, uh, that, that's definitely coming. You can communicate with me. Uh, probably our website as well would be the best way. So Allison and Amaris, can, can you tell any stories of how people have come around you and supported you in your foster care journeys? Absolutely. Um, the fun thing about foster care is that pretty much everybody comes around you. <laughs> I think a lot of the reason is that people really, really, really want to love on little ones and don't quite know how or don't feel equipped to become a foster parent. And so they're like, wow, I really love what you're doing. How can I help you? So really right from the get go, like I was expecting my first foster child. I was freaking out and my husband was at work. So I called good old Allison over here. (laughs) This is three years ago. Mm -hmm. I called Allison and I was like, there is a six year old boy coming to my house in two hours. And I don't know what to do. I was already prepared. I had everything ready, but I was like, I don't know. I felt like I was nesting. (laughs) I needed to do something. And I was like, come over. I'm terrified. I was like, they're going to bring him and then they're going to leave him. (laughs) Um, So Allison obviously came over right away. Good thing it was Friday. So she wasn't Mm -hmm. working. So she came over and she helped me clean my house a little bit. We really didn't do anything for the kid. We just got, she was just there for emotional support. And He came in and she loved on him in the same way that I did. And then we came to church and we got him into involved in different ministries. My husband and I are super involved in high school ministry. Every leader and every kid in high school ministry knows who our kids are. They all love on them. They all come around us. This weekend, I took my baby girl to the high school fall retreat (laughs) and I barely had to do anything because all the high school girls were like, I want to take care of your baby. (laughs) But yeah, we really get a lot of support from a lot of different avenues, mostly within our church family, Mm -hmm. within the ministries that we serve in. And then, I mean, now John's here and he's been awesome just with um, getting people excited about loving on our community. Allison, how about you? Um, Yeah. 
also lots of support from uh, have a great family, great friends and a great just church family and community. Like it's been great to see just people say, hey, what do you need if it's a meal or clothes or just anything like I've gotten? I got so much stuff like before I got um, my first placement, which was so nice because fostering can be expensive when you're getting ready to do it because I kind of wanted to be prepared for if I got a boy or a girl. And just having lots of things because you just never know what you're going to get and just kind of want to be prepared in that way. So it's just been awesome to see people just be so generous with their time and just always asking, like, how are you? And um, just loving on on the placements that I have. And definitely, like, on Sunday mornings, like, the child is never put down, like, loved on, carried on, which is great. And then also in August, uh, my friends um, had a little baby shower for me, which is really cute just to um, have stuff just for the placement I had at the time and just for a future baby. So it was just really cool to see that love and support and kind of be spoiled on a little bit. Wow. So so we've talked about coming around foster parents, but I, there may be somebody listening that's actually interested in becoming a foster parent. Yeah. Uh, where does that person begin? What's the first step that they need to take? So the first step that they need to take is just talking with someone at, like at DCS. Um, Allison and I both have. And, and DCS, Department of Child, Child Services. Services. Okay. Yeah. I think it's DCFS now, Department of Child and Family Services. But talking to someone there and you can just call them and they're going to be more than happy to set you up. But if it's something that you're thinking about and you're not 100% sure if you're ready, like Allison and I are more than willing to sit down and have conversations, sit down and talk with anyone that wants to become a foster parent that's considering it, that's maybe looking at what it is, what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people who just don't really have any experience with what it looks like. So we are open. We are here. We also have contacts if they want to just get in contact with someone directly rather than just calling the main line. Mm -hmm. um, Just talk to us. Okay. And what we can do, John, is you and I together, we can place links to these different resources at the podcast notes. So anybody listening, if you go to cccgo.com forward slash podcast, uh, live and love mm-hmm. like Jesus podcast notes will be there with links to each of these resources that have been mentioned today as mm-hmm. well. So John, any other resources that people should know of here in the Evansville area? Yeah. I, weird kind of following in the, in the path of some other churches who are a little bit further along in this than we are. Uh, CFC is a great church that has been doing a lot with foster care for a while, and we've met with them. They have uh, kind of a format of care communities that uh, that they use, and we're following in their footsteps. Uh, so they're kind of the, the local church experts uh, on this, and we're trying to glean and learn from them as much as we can. Uh, and they had started uh, years ago an organization called Borrowed Hearts, and it's a, it's a pantry essentially for foster families. Uh, and they always need donations, so uh, you know, send stuff over there to n- new clothes, used clothes, uh, any baby stuff, toys. Uh, they, toys. They have a ton of stuff over there. Anything that a kid would need to move into your home, they have like access to that. Uh, so it's a great organization. Uh, we were over there a couple days ago with a Care Portal family. Um, I do want to bring up something that is a little bit. Uh, an, an angle on foster care that is is well, two things that's commonly not talked about as much. Uh, one is a CASA worker and CASA workers mm. have a role in children's lives who are in the system in that they uh, are an unbiased advocate for the child within the legal system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they meet with the child, they're trained and, and they are 
taught to solely focus on the child's best interest. Because a lot of times between the biological family and the foster family, there can be some challenges. And that CASA worker stands in the middle there and cares for and uh, kind of represents the child as the child really doesn't have the ability to have a voice. And so that's something that you can plug into that isn't direct care, um, but is a, a key part of our system. Absolutely. And sounds like a really important piece. Yeah. Yes. And that's just casa.org, I think, is, is how you get involved uh, in that. Uh, the other facet is uh, there are organizations that are uh, that are solely focused on this, and I can get some information for you on that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure which ones yet, but uh, there are huge issues with children aging out of foster care. What we mm-hmm. talked about today is babies. Yeah. And babies are awesome. They get uh, a lot of support and care, foster yeah. families who, are, who have babies. But the hardest children to, uh, you know, to get placed are older kids yeah. who maybe have been in the foster system. They've been through multiple foster placements. And the stats for kids who age out of there, as in turn 18, and leave foster care. Imagine being an 18 year old with no family support whatsoever and you are just out there. There's nothing for you, there's no family support, there's no nothing. Uh, It is a very dangerous and scary and lonely way to live. The stats for those kids are harrowing. Uh, You can think of any negative stat in our society and it's like, you know, create an exponent for it negatively for kids who age out of foster care. So there's huge needs in our community uh, for kids who are aging out, who are older, uh, that's junior high to teenagers usually yeah. for people to take it in. And you think, well, what impact can I have if a kid is older already? Well, you can have a massive impact just even in that transition time. So babies are awesome. They're very needed in our community to be more foster families for young kids, but don't forget the older ones too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and one thing I just want to add about, uh, Bard Hearts is if your foster uh, parent or family, you can go in there and get everything for free. You don't have to pay for it at all. So that's really nice. So if you're starting to foster and kind of getting a supply of stuff, you can go in there and get as much as you want for free anytime. Awesome. Just want to add that. What a great resource for our community. Mm -hmm. What are some of these uh, concerning statistics with foster care here in Evansville versus other cities and uh, communities, even even close to us? Yeah, I just uh, one raw stat that I heard uh, the other day uh, was there are more foster kids in the Evansville region uh, than the entire state of Virginia. Wow. So this is definitely... Uh, this is a, a very a local need. challenge uh, in the state of Indiana and in our immediate area. Uh, there are a ton of kids out there who need families who uh, are, are, are bouncing around from foster home to foster home with foster parents doing the best they can. And they need supported. The families need supported and the kids need loved on and they need long term homes. Yeah. Uh, so you know, whatever we can do to plug those gaps. And like we heard Sunday to kind of be family for kids who need the family. Yeah. Something that we always talk about in our training that I think is really important and it's kind of um, breaking maybe some stereotypes that we have. I think most people assume that all children in foster care are in foster care because they've been beaten because they've been put in a basement in a cage, you know, parents Um, are drug addicts. yeah. Yeah. And The reality of the situation is that most children are in foster care simply because their parents don't necessarily know how to properly care for them or they don't have the means to properly care for them. Well, I think 
61% is the stat that I saw. Yeah. Uh, kids who were removed from their home were removed because of, uh, it, the, like Amaris said, parents who don't know how to care for their kids or they don't have the means with which to care for their kids. So it uh, falls into the category of neglect. So whether yes. it's poverty neglect or mm-hmm. like emotional, like just some kind of neglect. And so yeah. a lot of these kids are kids that are, that are going to go home too, that are going to, that their parents are trying um, yeah. And I think a lot of times we, we always look at the bio parents and we're like, they're terrible. But a lot of these bio parents mm-hmm. are just people who need support as well. Yeah. If you come from generational poverty where there is n- no one in your family who has, uh, you know, kind of become economically stable, emotionally, relationally stable, then you don't know how to do some of these things mm-hmm. that are taken for granted. And just that little bit, you probably are employed, but maybe just that little issue that goes on, it can be bed bugs, uh, but you don't have the means with which to remove the bed bugs. It it can put you under and really put you at danger for your kids being traumatized in that way. That's where Care Portal kind of helps fill the gap for us, which was why like we're so excited about that in general. But I think it's also just really important to kind of help remove that stigma around foster care. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for just taking the time to come in and have this conversation with us today. Uh, I really appreciate it. So happy to see the kids with you too. This has been really fun. Um, We'll work together to get those resources put on the website as well, uh, along with the podcast notes, so that anybody that would like to see that will have access to that there. Um, Again, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks again to Amaris, Allison, and John for all taking the time to speak with me for this. I I hope the conversation that you heard today has inspired you to find ways that you can help serve local foster care providers or their supporting organizations. Be sure to check out the podcast notes at cccgo.com forward slash podcasts. That's podcasts, plural with an S, right? For links to the resources mentioned in our conversation today. And I pray that this episode of the Living and Loving Like Jesus podcast plays its part in encouraging you to not just learn more about following Jesus, but to actually go and to live and love like him.